Getting proper mental health care can help you feel more like you. That's why Cerebral offers convenient access to online mental health services, including therapy and medication management. Cerebral's diverse clinician team can help with anxiety, insomnia, relationship issues, workplace stress, and more. You can schedule and communicate with your care team through Cerebral's mobile app and attend your sessions from the comfort of your own home. Get started with or without insurance. Plus, you can use your FSA or HSA. Start your first month for 50% off at Cerebral.com slash ACAST. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What would you say if I told you there's a book that can teach you how to win The Bachelor? What would you say if I told you producers caught multiple finalists reading that book in this season that's currently airing? What would you say if I told you the producers don't want anyone to know that their show has been compromised? How do we know all this? We wrote that book. I'm Lizzie Pace. And I'm Chad Colchin. We're the authors of How to Win the Bachelor and the hosts of the Game of Roses podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we break down all the biggest plays, errors, and MVPs in the game of reality television. Listen to Game of Roses wherever you get your podcasts and go to howtowinthebachelor.com to get our book. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, I'm Dave. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. And you're listening to the Cinemile podcast where we walk home from the movies, but we're not walking anywhere right now because it's Christmas and nobody walks anywhere because they're filled with mince pies and mulled wine and, uh, and spaghetti chocolate. bolognese, which is what we have for dinner. <laughs> Festive season. And we are joined by a very, very special guest who's flown in just to watch this movie. It's it, right? Flown in all the way from Cambridge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. No. Um, it's Elizabeth, Kathy's sister, um, frequent guest of the Cinema Isle. And uh, didn't notice I called you Elizabeth, not Lizzie. Appreciate you that. Call, yeah. you call I actually didn't notice because I do call myself. Oh, <laughs> you didn't notice because I just said your name. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so we're watching Elf. Because it's our annual Christmas episode. Yes. So what if we last, was, last year we watched Muppets Christmas Carol? The year before that, we watched Bad Mom's Christmas with the Scummy Mummies. I did. And the year before that, we watched It's a Wonderful Life. So we've had a good run accepting Bad Mom's Christmas. Yeah, I think there's a serious exception there. <laughs> you haven't seen this, right? Elf. I haven't seen this, no. And I haven't seen Bad Mom's Christmas either. And hopefully but never will. I'm only planning on changing one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, a, this is a good movie. It's yeah. uh, been become an unexpected uh, Christmas Hit cult classic kind of yeah it is a, it, it yeah. kind of is a cult classic and I remember this coming good time out and, to watch it because it's back in the cinemas well and it's Christmas but yes um, <laughs> it is yes it is back in cinemas so uh, but, we, but we did not make the effort to go out and I see mean, it <laughs> why, I don't really understand why you would go see it in the cinema when you can watch it for free at home like if it's not a your movie, sister did your other sister yeah but we, it's not free it's not free we pay for Amazon Prime and it's it's a once we use Amazon Prime but once every six months to watch something and it's finally paying off yeah Amazon Prime is always the last on the list of uh, right you'd, you'd go to like I mean everyone's got their own order but like I think every Amazon Prime's the afterthought of streaming services I only it? go there if I know that something's on it or someone's recommended something it's not something yeah, I would like same. to do yeah 
It's yeah. the maligned. Mm-hmm. It's the. Guys, uh, this is great. I'm really loving this festive chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be an anti Amazon Prime. No, <laughs> uh, but I'm really excited to watch this. I've only seen it once, and I really liked it when I saw it, but I don't quite remember it. So I'm excited to see it again. And we're all mostly happy that the duration is about ninety minutes. Ninety-three minutes, which, which usually includes credits, which means ninety. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Three minutes yeah. of three minutes of credits, you reckon? <laughs> a lot of people responsible for this movie. Um yeah, I'm I'm excited. This is a fun it's a fun movie. Yeah. It's um an easy watch. And uh, And I think Lizzie will like it, so Lizzie, you'll have to let us know afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to no, you will have to because you're now on I mean, this uh, podcast. Once you're on the interview, you you're contractually just, just obliged to be in the, in the conclusion. <laughs> Sign the paperwork. All right. Okay, but so we're, um, we're feeling very Christmassy. We're trying to get in the festive mood this weekend. We're all yes. we're all wearing film themed Christmas jumpers. I just we noticed. Are. Perfect for a podcast. I've got a diehard one. Dave's wearing Ghostbusters, and Kathy yep. has a Home Alone Christmas jumper on. Yes, that's a very odd. Okay, yeah. we'll take a photo and put it up on our uh, social media at Ooh, media. the Cinemile. Oh, media! As soon as uh, the dinner's abated, we will make mince pies. It's going to happen. And round two of mugwine. Yeah, we're well into the mug. This is hard. It's going to be hard work. <laughs> Sagging. We'll get Dave an espresso here. before the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's stick this thing on. See okay. you in ninety-three minutes. Bye. Hi. Your costume is pretty. Oh, it's not a costume. I'm an elf. Oh. Well. Technically, I'm a human, but I was raised by elves. New Line Cinema presents the story of one elf who's coming home for Christmas. Boy, can't wait to see my dad. We're going to go ice skating and eat sugar plums. (laughs) Sorry. Now. I think someone sent you a Christmas gram. Dad. We should call security. Good idea. I like to whisper, too. Buddy's experiencing a world he never knew existed. But he's your son. What am I going to do? He, he's certifiably insane. <laughs> Discovering what it takes to fit in. And going where no elf has gone before. What he needs is to be nurtured. Bring him home. Introduce him to Emily and Michael. How long do you think you'll be with us? <sighs> I was thinking, like, forever. Stay here. You can't just throw him out in the snow. He loves the snow. He's told me 15 times. Ow! Son of a nutcracker! Right, we're back. Uh, unfortunately, a whole day has passed, not 93 minutes, because I drank too much mulled wine and wasn't able to function or talk and or stay awake for the end of this movie. Uh, but so it's the next day and we're all out to Sunday lunch. Mm-hmm. We finished our Sunday lunch uh, and now we're having some very civilised tea while Oscar naps. Uh, so guys, who wants to go for, who wants to talk about Elf? Lizzie, I think you should start. It's your first ever time seeing this movie. Yeah, and I really enjoyed it actually. Because sometimes Will Ferrell's like, comedy wouldn't be for me, but his like, as I say, like, he had very um, physical comedy. He really fit the role of a human playing an elf. <laughs> so no, I really enjoyed it. I would recommend it as a Christmas movie. Cool. Kathy, second, third, third time watching this? Second time watching it. Yeah, I really, it's lo- it's just lovely. I mean, it's so heartwarming. Um, Will Ferrell agree. Like, Will Ferrell's a funny actor because he can be in some real, really, really, really bad movies. Like Step Brothers, for example. Oh, you got to be very careful there. Step Brothers is a beloved classic okay. held by many people. I don't enjoy it, but I think it's a kind of humor that we just don't like. Yeah. Kind of, kind yeah. of gross. It's not for me either. Yeah. Cut okay. to hundreds of people switching off. <laughs> no, but it, I genuinely, it's Step Brothers is beloved and cool. Okay, well then I'll talk about Holmes and Watson. 
which is so bad that I watched the first 10 minutes of it and had to turn it Did off. Did you watch that? I watched the first 10 Why? minutes. Why? Because I saw that it had one star and it was on, so I watched the first 10 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's funny how a movie gets, if it gets like absolutely slated, it makes you want to watch it you know, more. Because you want to like be cats. Yeah, because it was like one star from Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so I was like, oh my God, I have to see it. And I, cu- I literally couldn't watch it anyway. But, but when Will Ferrell's in good movies, in great movies, and I think I would class Elf as a great movie. Um... The other movie that Will Ferrell's in that I absolutely love, and it sounds terrible to say I love it because I've forgotten the name. Stranger Than Fiction. Stranger Than Fiction. Absolutely love that movie. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, so he's such a good actor, and he's absolutely perfectly cast in this. So he's playing a, a six foot four man who thinks he's an elf, and and he really pulls it off. I think a huge part of his performance is like very much rooted in toddlers. I lo- I saw a lot of toddler behaviour in him that I'm very familiar <laughs> with. Uh, I think James Caan as his dad is brilliant. I think it's lovely. It's wonderfully made by John Favreau. Um, I just think it's a great story. I think it's a really good story and I think it's executed very well. And actually, at 93 minutes, it was just about pushing, I think, any longer it probably would have dried up a bit. Mm. Um, so if, And I find it really sentimental. Like, I think it's an absolutely perfect movie to watch this time of year. A um, little bit of a quibble with Zooey Chanel. Because, is that how you say her name? Zooey De Chanel. Because she's basically literally a manic, elfy dream girl. She's like... First of all, she's way younger than Fer- Will Ferrell, which I always just like... We looked it up, I think it was 13 years, but it's not commented on, as per usual in these movies. Uh, and she just existed to sing and then and then do, and then then do be supportive of him. And and it is pretty odd that she would choose to, um, to date him. <laughs> I guess they were dating, were they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they go on a date. They have a date montage in the middle, of, which ends in a kiss, and she says, you missed. Yeah, that's true. Should we say spoilers, maybe, for Elf? Spoilers, spoilers for, Elf. for Elf. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, like they're hundred percent dating, and then at the end they have a baby. Yeah. So oh, I, well, we have got a completely yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, think, I think that's usually preceded yes. by dating. Yes. Um, I mean, not always. But yeah. So basically, I that's the only character I thought it's a shame that she was so underwritten and um, underused because she's a very good uh, actress. Um, but other than that, yeah, I really liked it. I mean, it's so heartwarming, and I think it's such a great family movie, like for all ages. Like yeah. I know my. Um, little niece and nephew and see it recently they loved it um, you know any, I think you know you could probably show it to a 70 year old they'd love it. it it's that exactly cross-generational thing that I think a really good Christmas movie like Home Alone can do yeah. we uh, should show this to a 70 year old we should yeah, yeah and get them to record a review for us um, so yeah anyway I'm delighted we watched it I loved it and I because I wasn't drinking loads of beer and mulled wine was able to stay awake for it <laughs> <laughs> a nice blend of loads of different genres as well I thought yeah like had elements of like Scrooged and kind of Wizard of Oz kind of fantasy vibes yeah like the setting was really nice like the the contrast between when he moves to New York and like his like lollipop dreamland where he lives in the North Pole yeah yeah. It's really nice to watch. It's a fish out of water story, isn't it? Yeah. Which is, are always fun. It's kind of like any of those, like, even, like, that new Christmas movie, like, The Night Before Christmas or whatever. It's just anything like that, like a person in a... What is that? I, all I saw of that was a poster and then I just tweeted about it with anything <laughs> about... But I feel like I could imagine what Something that movie's to do about. With some sort of medieval light landing in New York. I haven't seen it either. Oh, right, no, okay. I just imagine it's like that. Yeah. It's definitely of the quality of Elf, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I liked it as... Yeah, I, I think it's a lovely movie. Really, uh, it's just such an easy watch. It's very sweet and heartwarming and funny. Like, I, we, we were all laughing we laughed, yeah. several yeah. times. I mean, watching it again this time with, like, uh, knowing that we were doing a podcast about it, I was trying to pay maybe closer scrutiny to it, like, where are the cracks what's this movie not doing well 
and I, there are things I even wrote down a few things but I it, it almost feels like why Doesn't why matter. even talk about that yeah. like it's just such a lovely um, innocuous and uh, with, with it's just got a sweet core at the centre of it mm-hmm. um, something like, which is interesting because we watched Bad Santa last week for the first time um, which I also really enjoyed but it's these movies could not be further apart um, even though you could see how they could end up being, you know, gen- being generated from a very similar idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people would like them, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think, yes, exactly. They're both sort of comedies, um, but one goes raunchy, one goes sort of sweet it's like and It's the most innocent. wholesome movie, yeah. It is wholesome because Will Ferrell's performance is just rooted in childhood innocence. Yeah. It's what if you... What if you took and and that's where the comedy most of the comedy comes from is the contrast of a grown man who essentially has the mind of a child who thinks he's an elf and is seeing our world for the first time. Yeah. Like the simplest, like m- one of my favorite bits of comedy and and Will Ferrell, well, as we know, is good at comedy, but in particular the physical comedy is him trying to go up an escalator, having never seen an escalator <laughs> in his life, and him doing splits. But the way he first approaches it. Yeah. And I, it, you mentioned toddlers, Cathy, and it's funny, because I've seen this through uh, Oscar, our son's eyes, seeing an escalator for the first time, and he still loves escalators, but it's just like approaching it with this sense of awe and then yeah. fear. <laughs> and so like, and Will Ferrell's like that. He, he goes there and like w- walks back from it and then tries to figure out how to approach it. It's just wonderful, but it's exa- exactly mm-hmm. relatable because that's what somebody in this nonsense situation would do. And the junk food? like We forgot to mention like how much junk food is consumed in this movie. And so funny because we said last night we had just eaten a spaghetti bolognese. And this is whole spaghetti scene where he's like pouring maple syrup on the spaghetti and pouring sweets in the spaghetti, and it's like that is what a kid could if a kid was given free reign of a kitchen. Like that—that yeah. that is literally what they would do with the sugar and the sweets and the maple syrup and, and the just, spaghetti. Yeah, he yeah. just puts it on everything. Uh, so yeah, that was so fun. So like, all right. If I, I, I let me just get it out of my system then. Now, you, so you, you said you weren't going to say anything bad, but now you have no, to. No, because you made the note. I said you shouldn't really. I mean, I, but and, you were going to. And this is yeah, I'm going to. Well, but you're this, analyzing. this is with the caveat of. Um, it doesn't matter. Like none of this matters. Yeah. I think, and uh, I think John Favreau does a really impressive job of bringing this thing to light. Really, it's him and Will Ferrell and James Can are kind of doing all the hard work here. Mm. I felt like Mary Steinbergen. Is it what's her, what's her name? Stein- Ted Danson's wife. Mary Steinbergen. I think. Steinbergen. I forget. Steinberg. I forget her name. Didn't know she was married to Ted Danson though. That's a she fun is, fact. There you go. There's a, <laughs> a little pre-fun fact for you. Um, she is She's not given anything but the no, female characters are completely underwritten. Completely underwritten. Yeah. I agree with She's everything you said about Zoe Deschanel. Like couldn't tell you two things about her character because they didn't give her two things. Mm-hmm. They gave her one thing. She likes to sing. And that's all there is about her. And she's in financial trouble and has to shower at work. Yeah. But but that's never even touched upon no, again. No, they don't mention that's that. That's just no. like a line to make us sympathise yeah, with like her. Yeah, that's like pretty hardcore. Like, she's had her heating turned off. She has to shower at work. Like, that's quite sad. And then it's like, yeah. oh, she just sings like an angel. But actually, if, I, if you were to... If, if I was to look at this and say, right, we've got 90 minutes, which is a good length for this movie, and it does now stay its welcome, cut the romantic plot entirely it doesn't actually add anything no, it's nothing. not required it doesn't further um, Buddy's character no. because the the core of this story is his relationship with his father and if they'd given a few more scenes to allow that to breathe I think the emotional payoff at the end would have been more worthwhile because the plot bits 
are actually a little rushed. Like they like essentially the payoff with his father choosing Buddy over work felt very split second to me. Like he hadn't been on that road yeah. to being charmed and but falling in love with Will Ferrell. I think without Zoe Deschanel there would have been no aspect of seeing Buddy's real character in New York because she, she was the only person that would go along with his like joyful Christmassy character everybody else was resisting it so without her yeah, I think yeah true maybe he would have felt a little too <laughs> alien and I don't think it would have been as like as fun to watch I don't know you'd only be watching his struggle you wouldn't really be watching any like kind of happiness for him until his family accepted him but wasn't okay. Mary that's a fair point actually wasn't, um, yeah. James Caan's wife kind of that character as well though but they just didn't really let her do it and, they, and their kids all the time she had a budget meeting yeah. or something yeah. well I mean they live in Central Park West so their rent's high yeah, there's maybe just a few too many characters for a 90 minute movie potentially I don't know I don't think there's too many I think they could it's very easy to give somebody a few more lines you know in that kind of a space of movie but it's Will yeah. at the end of the day it's Will Ferrell's movie and he's wonderful uh, yeah and look yeah. again these are minor minor quibbles yeah. Um, but uh, yeah ultimately it's a and it has that lovely it's a great, like, it's a great watch lovely so Christmas easy. music and like that sounds like a really basic right thing to say about a Christmas movie but Elizabeth and Dave have not seen Last Christmas which I had the utter pleasure of watching a couple of weeks ago and uh, Last Christmas has no Christmas music in it except for Last Christmas the rest of the movie oh, is all George, George Michael. Michael and it's has it's weirdly lacking any sort of festive or, or ambiance. there's a brief scene where she does some um she does some busking and she sings Christmas songs for like maybe 30 seconds um, and it's really lacking you realise that's like the core of a Christmas movie is to have that stuff on in the background and it just felt so festive I think also the New York setting is a lovely one for Christmas um, like I don't know why I don't know why I feel like that it's, I think it's a very common setting that we've seen Christmas movies in of course I can't name any now it's like from Home Alone 2 Lost in New York <laughs> uh, Scrooge is set in New York isn't it like yeah. there's loads of movies set in New York and it just feels festive and it's like we were um, yesterday we just went out we had no like, shopping to do or anything so we just went around some of the shops because it is a lovely time to be around like music and people at Christmas and like now we're just in a pub having some tea and had a Sunday rose because it just feels really festive and that movie well, felt like that it's funny though because having setting it in New York you get most of it set in a store called Grimble's which we discovered yeah it's, it's like a department store like Macy's or whatever but shut down like 15 years before they made Elf so they yeah. just did it for well, well so we think you that guys are giving me a bit of a lead in here oh Cathy's oh. got some fun facts for us okay right, so for anyone who then. subscribes to our Patreon you will know that we um we do retro movie reviews every month and Dave's tasked with doing fun facts but today I've been tasked with doing the fun facts um, and good luck to you because <laughs> all you do is criticise me and uh, say oh that's not very fun yeah but the difference between when you're I'm doing fun facts for the fun. Patreon and I'm doing them for this is people are paying for the Patreon and this is free so, oh, so, so these are <laughs> not going to be any good rubbish. Yeah. No, my facts are good but I will credit now where credit is due they all come from an article on Mental Floss called 21 Full Facts About Elf yeah. so I'm not pretending the first thing that comes up when I'm, you google fun facts I'm not elf. pretending I've done whereas when we do Patreon Dave deep dives and actually does a lot of research yeah. so Dave I'm and I verify Credit where credit's due. Yeah. I've not verified. I'm presuming these guys have done the job. <laughs> okay. So what Let's you hope were... Mental Floss is yeah. accredited. <laughs> Must check mentalfloss.com out. <laughs> so are you ready for the fun facts? Um, so actually, we were all a bit confused by the um, the gimbals thing because Elizabeth Googled it because we were like, is it a real shop? And turned out it shut down. Um, so, but they actually shot it in Macy's, which was a rival of Gimbals when Gimbals was open. Um, but I think the reason that they set it in Gimbals 
Getting proper mental health care can help you feel more like you. That's why Cerebral offers convenient access to online mental health services, including therapy and medication management. Cerebral's diverse clinician team can help with anxiety, insomnia, relationship issues, workplace stress, and more. You can schedule and communicate with your care team through Cerebral's mobile app and attend your sessions from the comfort of your own home. Get started with or without insurance. Plus, you can use your FSA or HSA. Start your first month for 50% off at Cerebral.com slash ACAST. It was an homage because in the 1947 Miracle on 34th Street, that was in Gimbel's. And that's an extra fun fact for us because... Over lunch, Elizabeth was asking what year Miracle on 34th Street was, and we didn't know. So now we know. It was 1947. Ah! I thought it was in the late 30s. Um, So there's your first fun fact. Uh, Jim Carrey was originally cast in the role when the spec script was flying around in 1993, so Ah. like a decade before this movie was actually made. That's so funny because I was watching this imagining Jim Carrey. You can see it's yeah. an actually if you had this script in '93 off the back of Ace Ventura, no, yeah, Ace Ventura. Or, or Liar, oh. Liar Liar Liars '94, I think is it. Yeah, it's like yeah. at the beginning of his career when he was huge, basically. But, but you, I think like Jim Carrey is a very good physical actor as well, but he doesn't have the like wholesome innocence that yes. Will Ferrell can offer. Yeah. I, I think completely he agree. Seemed a bit. I don't think he was edgy. Been as good. There's a, there's a sort of um, there's a manic edge. It's manic, yeah, yeah. He's always a bit manic, whereas Will Ferrell is like just kind of. He's just acting as he thinks as normally and quite innocently and nicely. He's not actually trying to be. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think I think it would have been a very different performance, and and that you would have lost that uh, childlike, sweet childlike I thing. Think so, yeah. You would have just had a fucking lunatic just as an elf, <laughs> <laughs> Will making Ferrell making gurning like a child. In in a, yeah. Well, interestingly, he ended up going on to play the Grinch, which maybe suited him better. Um, that being said, I think he's very, very no, sweet but, in but the Truman Show. That. Oh no! Sorry, don't get me wrong. I think Jim Carrey's a fantastic yeah. no, actor. No, I'm but saying, he, I'm saying he can do sweetness in the Truman Show. He's very sweet. True, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. He's very endearing. I'm not, but sweet. But th- that's a different kind of sweet and endearing. Like Will Ferrell has this wide-eyed yeah, he pulls sort of it off. like yeah. it doesn't feel condescending. Like when Will Ferrell does it, it could very quickly broach into something else. And um, but yeah, so basically they made it a decade later, and at that point Will Ferrell was like kicking off because of Saturday Night Live, so he got the role. Um, so another fun fact is that Jean Favreau favoured practical effects um, and specifically um, this included stop motion animation oh yeah you get a lot of the snowman and the penguins and all that I like that because that felt like a throwback to old holiday classics yeah and um, they also use forced perspective to make uh, Buddy look like a giant among his elf peers for the North Pole scenes I'm reading this now two sets were built uh, yes we can tell yeah. you, we know what a reading voice sounds two like two sets were built one larger scale for actors playing elves the other smaller to make Buddy and Santa look big these elements were then carefully overlaid in camera using lighting to blend the scenes that's clever it's it very did, effective like, it was very effective because one second they would look the same size and then suddenly it was like one was growing and one was shrinking but it was like seamless yeah, yeah. it's interesting what you said about the feeling of like Wizard of Oz because it does have that really surreal feeling like I love like we were talking about John Favreau he's had some career like we're like he's made Swingers he's made this he's made like The Jungle Book The Lion he's, King the Lion, like, he's, Iron Man he's made it's, actually, it's a very varied career and, but, but if you completely took away his directing career he's been an, an amazing actor in all this stuff as well like, so it's just he, yeah. and, and he has a cameo in this as the Doctor 
Yeah, and apparently he had some other cameos as well. I saw that when I was researching the fun facts, but I skimmed over them, so apologies. He had other cameos in this movie? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Like, including them. Um, is there a little raccoon that Will Ferrell has a fight with? Oh, John Favreau plays that. the raccoon. Yeah. He voiced, I'm sorry, he voiced, he voiced the raccoon. The raccoon so yeah. he's just going, nim, 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 nim. Um, um, Li- Lizzie had a good point, though, because he plays a doctor. Oh, yeah, doing the, the not very teenagers. fun, but science fact. Oh, yeah, so um, <laughs> You are our science correspondent. Elizabeth's um, currently doing a PhD in science, so she's highly qualified to tell yes. us this. So when Buddy, Cambridge, very prestigious. Thank you. When Buddy approaches his dad and says, I'm your son, his dad is obviously like, well, and takes him to John Favreau for a DNA test, which apparently GPs can do in the 90s. Or do, <laughs> when was it doesn't. Um, but basically on the spot, they do a DNA test and tell him that Buddy's his son. But I really think that would take quite a few hours in a lab. Weeks, probably. You'd have to send no, away for it to a like, different lab. I mean, you don't need to explain to this about if I had like the, the, I think if I had the like the protocol and the machinery and the samples in front of me, you could do it in like an afternoon, maybe a day, but okay. definitely not on the spot. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think John Favreau was just like, why don't we just say that this elf is this guy's kid? You know? I mean, to be fair, Buddy is waiting in a waiting room next to a girl, so maybe they were there a few hours. I'm being generous. No. I don't yeah. think that. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. John Favreau, James Cann needs to get back to work to do his bad children's book. I love. Can we talk about that for a second? Like James Cann, we're supposed to. He's supposed to be this like beleaguered put upon guy and we're like oh the poor guy is really stressed and he's like he's just lazy he signed off those two pages that were blank and doesn't give a shit like he's not good at his job I think his department's in a bit of financial trouble and he said he would take a $30,000 loss if they reprinted the books and I guess that would have been a lot then but obviously it's his fault obviously long term that is he should be fired (laughs) you shouldn't have your office in the Empire State Building where rent must be pretty high (laughs) right? if you're facing financial 2003 was the height of children's publishing they were in the same Centre of, of uh, capitalism in New York City. Um, anyway, back to the fun facts. Um, even though John Favreau favoured practical effects, snowflakes were added in post. Um, and because I'm they having so much fun right now, I just want to. <laughs> yeah. Because you yeah. know that scene where like uh, Buddy is having a massive snow fight with his little brother in the in Central Park. Um, they obviously that was all fake. And John Favreau. So it's not Central Park. They just. Uh, no, they were in Central Park. Um, but basically, John Favreau wanted it to feel like a bit of a western. So we got the composer John Debney to give this section uh, a western vibe to recall the Magnificent Seven. Apparently, the score was lovely. It was lovely, yeah, the music. But what's interesting, I've just realised about that is, so Buddy thinks he's an elf, obviously, but he's a human. But there are a few times in the movie where he has he has supernatural powers. No, I think it's just that he spent his whole life having snowball fights. No, because like he, he I Coast. mean, he can make eighty-five etch sketches in a day. Like he can, <laughs> he can make so many like paper streamers overnight. He can decorate a whole thing, make loads of cookies. Like he has. But he an sleeps altered, only forty minutes a night. <laughs> only forty minutes a night. He has like an altered use of time. Like he can do things much quicker than people. Well, yeah, because they did say that like like he's. Will Ferrell was like what 37 or something in this movie so but he was in school in the scenes we saw him in so it's like we were saying in, in elvish time is different it's like dog years or whatever. well they said his dad Papa Elf was 450 yeah so, so I guess yeah you're right he grew up he learned his brain was rewired a different way yeah. from the magnificence of um, the North Pole um, but he in an earlier version of the script was actually being bullied in Elfland which is one of the reasons he wanted to go to New York but John Favreau pushed back on that and said it doesn't work if you want Buddy to be as sweet a character as he is and as innocent he needs to have only ever experienced kindness so that when he comes to New York there's such a contrast between Elf and like kind of North Pole Um, so I think that like John Favreau obviously made some very good 
um, add ons to the script as well. Well, that's like you said, he's a, he wrote Swingers. He's a, I can't think of anything else that comes to mind. Made maybe, but he, um, yeah, he's a, he's a writer. Like he's he's everything. He's a triple threat. <laughs> he's, he's Except does he does he sing and dance? Probably. <laughs> Probably. We, need to, we need to get him I on mean, the podcast. Ultimate fight, like you've seen Friends, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, slightly interesting. Most of it was shot on the Vancouver soundstage, but they did actually shoot on scene in Manhattan for things like the Central Park stuff and the city stuff. Um, it's funny because you think Central Park would be one place you don't need to film on set because it's just a park, right? <laughs> I guess, yeah, they just wanted it to feel authentic. Um, and then something we noticed, there's a mailroom scene when Buddy goes and gets, like, drunk and the drinking Buddy says, I'm 26. And we all went, huh, that was really weird. Apparently that was, like, a specific joke that they'd put in just to show, like, for the laugh. And the studio execs didn't get it either and they were like, why is this guy saying he's 26? <laughs> and we didn't get it. Um, so what's the answer? The answer is it's just for the laugh to have an old person saying he's 26. <laughs> <laughs> that's just it's not funny it's just confusing it's kind of a comment on the fact that people play things that are not their right age like yeah, Will like, Ferrell is also really old or, or is it saying that like this is what happens to you if you work for yeah. a few years in the mailroom I know those people did look quite sad down there no but it was also it was more that he was an alcoholic I think um, and then you know the scene there's a scene with Jack in the Boxes when Will Ferrell's like reacting to Jack in the Boxes um, they actually apparently John Favreau was controlling them from a different room with the remote so he was genuinely surprising Will Ferrell <laughs> when good. they popped up Um and then so you know there's that really lovely scene where like Will Ferrell is like in New York and he's like leapfrogging across uh, a pedestrian, a pedestrian crossing, crossing yeah. yeah he's getting his shoes shined and he's um, accepting flyers that was actually in the final days of shooting the movie just Will Ferrell John Favreau and one cameraman went out and Will Ferrell just actually frolicked around New York in costume right. and that's how they captured it um, which is why I mean you'd have to be such a performer to be able to even do that with like around real people and, and not be mortified yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then this is the biggie because it's been such a hit you know and it's such a classic now um, according to the Guardian Will Ferrell was offered Wait, sorry not mentalfloss.com they deep linked to the Guardian <laughs> um, credit where credit's due yeah credit I mean I will always credit a journalistic source um, he turned down 20 million pounds 29 million dollars to do a sequel yeah, even though he's obviously done sequels to other things like that haven't been very well received, like Zoolander. But I guess to him, it's very special. And he said, "There's no way I'm gonna go dress like an old buddy in like tights and like." I'm, and he said, "Like I don't think the movie should be remade." So like that's actually that's good because so often I just do make sequels to these to you know to movies, and you just wish they'd never, and they just left it alone. And one of the things that makes a movie a classic, I think, is to just just leave it alone. Some, yeah, movies are often much better when there's just one of them. Yeah. yeah, that's how Bill Murray felt about Ghostbusters after the, they'd made a second one, mind you. But <laughs> in general, he's so like, after he made We've a take the money, now. he was like, nah, regret that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but that's the end of my fun facts. Oh. And Dave, I applaud Good you job. for usually doing that. It's hard work. It is hard work. Yeah. It's hard to you know, you've got a list from mentalfloss.com. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I had to read it, then I had to make the list smaller because I didn't use all the facts, and oh. then I had to repeat them. And then, because you were using my phone to look at it, but you wanted to read off your phone, you had to take a picture of my screen <laughs> instead of screenshotting it. Dave, it's a hard. lot of steps a lot of steps to this podcast yeah. getting made people think it's easy um, just turn on the thing but thank you so much Elizabeth for joining no us problem. you're so happy yes. to be here and thanks for watching Elf for the first time and I'm so glad I did will you I watch it every Christmas day? maybe maybe I can go into my repertoire and for anyone else who wants to hear um, 
Elizabeth was our, on our last episode, our last Patreon episode, where we watched, or a couple of episodes ago, where we watched um, The Rock. Yeah. And Elizabeth was also giving us some scientific fun facts on that. The so. Michael Bay's movie, yeah. The Rock. We didn't just watch pictures of. <laughs> Elizabeth's good value was. I feel guess. like the scientific fun facts are actually they're anti fun facts. They take away from. <laughs> <laughs> the movie. Yeah, it's just learning. Oh, uh, now this podcast is about learning. <laughs> um, I'm gonna put you on the spot now, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite Christmas movie ever? What's the one that you would stick on right now? if you were settling in and we hadn't said you're watching it <laughs> I think it's generally for me love actually okay yeah it's probably the one I've rewatched the most yeah and I'll watch it I've watched it as early as me and my friend Emer used to watch it often in the October midterm at Halloween and get all Christmassy so <laughs> that's the one that really puts me in the mood because also it reminds me of going home for Christmas because I've got those lovely Heathrow scenes I'm going to put this out there about Love Actually because I, I really like Love Actually as well. But I think Love Actually is a Christmas movie the way Die Hard is a Christmas movie. No. Um, i.e. absolutely mental. I.e. It's, it's not really about Christmas. Christmas is texture. I think a lot of the plots actually focus around Christmas. Yeah, Dave, do you remember the movie? Uh, remember that it's literally set around yeah but Christmas it's set parties, at Christmas Christmas gifting but that's texture that's all texture the but, movie's but you, about you relationships yeah it's about relationships but I mean any so is Elf Dave Home Alone is about no, someone trying to travel home to get their kids yes but it's Elf is about is the texture. spirit of Christmas Christmas is texture <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> thanks for you couldn't replace, sarcastically you couldn't replace revealing Christmas in Love Actually with something else and it still hold up what would Bill Nye Halloween. be singing? Halloween is all around us. Yeah, and he'd be like, he'd give his wife a trick-or-treat present. <laughs> no, Dave, you're absolutely categorical. Or I meant Alan What's Rickman. What's your favourite Christmas movie? And don't say Die Hard. Scrooged. Scrooge is a great one. And that actually, I haven't movie. seen that in years. And this kind of inspired me to watch it because James Caan really reminded me of um, Bill Murray. Yeah, he is like that. Um, Dave's pointing the thing at me now. I don't, you know, I don't have favorites, and I don't play favorites. And that's been our podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> we are at the Cinemile on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, as you know, we do not play favorites, uh, so do not expect they love all favorites. of their listeners equally. <laughs> hey, what's all of your Christmas movies? I'm looking into the microphone, so I presume you can all tell that I'm addressing you now. Um, let us know yeah. at the Cinemile or email us the Cinemile at gmail.com um, and everyone have a lovely Christmas yeah, thank you yes. so much yes. and thank you everyone for listening to us again another year. for another it's year it's fourth Christmas episode which yeah. is amazing we love doing yeah, this show we so and much. we love talking to you guys and we like our family must hate visiting us because like you know you're coming in our door and you're doing a podcast don't I'm you I'm either babysitting so that you can podcast or I'm on the podcast <laughs> or I'm watching Dave sit in the corner quietly editing a podcast <laughs> <laughs> this is but our life now. I love every bit of it <laughs> <laughs> alright thanks Lizzie uh, Merry no Christmas problem. everyone bye Merry Christmas Happy New Year. You're a big boy. What's your name? And uh, what can I get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Hi, I'm back uh, to add to me slave driving my family over the podcast. Um, My little niece and nephew watched it twice in the last week and um they actually sent us a recording of their review so their names are Neve and Killian they're from Scotland so they've got lovely little Scottish accents and you'll also hear my sister Sarah's voice some of you will remember her from our Hustlers review earlier this year enjoy bye and who's the nicest person in the movie Killian? Buddy. Why is he nice? Because he cares about everybody. <laughs> and who was the meanest person in the movie? When you've started? Uh, the 
small guy. The small guy? Yes. My male's friend. Why was he not nice? Because he, he, he took him that way, mm-hmm. and he took him that way, and that way, and he said, call me elf, and she actually killed him elf, cause, but that just means call him elf, and he actually did call him elf, and then he, and then he pushed him, like, off the table, like, because they can't see you, you have to use words. They, they pushed him off to the side. And who else was nice in the movie? Uh, Santa. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> to Auntie Jackie's and Auntie right. Elizabeth. And Killian, who else was nice in the movie? Michael. Michael, why was he nice? Because he taught his dad that Buddy was missing. Yes. What song did they sing to get the, the sleigh to fly? It, Can you both sing it? They're coming to town. Santa you better watch out. You better not go. You better watch out. I'm you telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. 